This is episode 22 of the Rising Man Podcast with Ty Witty. Let's talk about sex, baby. Welcome, welcome, risers, to the Rising Man Podcast. I'm your host and creator of the show, Jetty Azuma, and I really want to give you guys a warm welcome back to the show. It means so much to me that men and women from all over the world have been tuning in to check out this podcast, to listen to some of the incredible wisdom that the guests of this show have to share, and also to participate in this movement, in this mission. It's so important to me that men are given a space to share their experiences and to begin to dive into what it means to be a man in this world. I think this is just the first critical step in really transforming and shaping the culture we have all over the world. So thank every one of you who's tuning in, who's listening in your car, in your earbuds right now, on your laptop. It really means a lot to me. Sincere thank yous to everybody. While I'm at it, let me mention that if you haven't joined the Rising Man Facebook group yet, please go immediately to facebook.com slash groups slash the rising man. Make a request to join the group or if you're already in there, make sure you invite some of the men in your life into this group. We're over 600 members now and really starting to see everybody start to get engaged, sharing the wins that they're having, diving deep into some of the challenges that we have as well. This is where we get to take everything juicy from the podcast and start to integrate it into our lives so that we can become the best men that we can possibly be. So if you haven't already signed up, make sure you get involved with the Rising Man Facebook group. Invite some of your other men in your life to join. If you're a lady and you're listening to this, make sure you gently tap some of the men in your life on the shoulder and and let them know what's going on with the Rising Man. As we uh, round out the month of June with our fourth and final Father's Month episode that's going to launch on Monday, June 25th, that will officially bring Father's Month to a close. It's been really amazing to examine fatherhood and to reflect with some of the most powerful men, fathers, that I have met in my life uh, and getting their perspective on what fatherhood really is. And so uh, we'll have our final Fathers episode this coming Monday. Look forward to hearing all the feedback that you guys have. It's been a lot of great comments and messages I've been getting about these father episodes. So more to come in that department. I also want to mention that the lineup for the Rising Man podcast is going to be evolving starting July. I'll be making more announcements on next week's episode, Thursday episode. So make sure you stay tuned to find out. It's just the next step in the evolution of what The Rising Man is becoming, and I'm really, really excited to share this and offer it to you guys. Before I start to introduce this week's guest for this episode, I want to also mention what I've been doing every week so far is asking those of you men who are listening to this podcast, who are starting to feel the energy rise up in you, and you're starting to sense that, oh man, I, I what he's saying, the words that these guys are sharing are really resonating with me. I just don't know what to do next. If that's you, I want you to take a minute and just think about where in your life are you playing small? Where in your life are you not satisfied or fulfilled in what you're getting? Because it's your life, it's your experience. And if you're not getting what you want out of it, then you are both the problem and the solution. And that is the most powerful place and position to come from. I know from my experience that recognizing that I had the power to change the circumstances of my life changed everything for me. But the critical step that I wasn't that I was missing at that time was I wasn't asking for enough help. So what I want to do is I want to offer my support to you guys. If you're out there and you're feeling challenged and you don't know what to do next to overcome the obstacles you have, hit me up on Facebook Messenger, reach out to me via email, jettyazuma at gmail.com, however you want to connect. You could even just tag me inside the Rising Man Facebook group, whatever whatever feels best for you. Just reach out and start asking for some support because I'd love to help you figure out what the next step is. I've had some incredible conversations with men in the past few weeks who have really heard this call and stepped forward and answered it. So I want to keep putting it out there so that those of you guys who maybe you're hearing this and you're sitting back and maybe this is the third or fourth time you've heard me mention this, let this be the time that you take action on behalf of yourself. All right? Do it for you. Do it for your family. Do it for all the people in the world who depend on you. Okay, so this week I'm really excited. I brought a very powerful, very energetic, very transparent man onto the show. His name is 
Ha Witty. He's a former nurse in emergency medicine for over 20 years, as well as a personal trainer. He has now become what he calls a biointegration specialist, bringing the most recent biohacking strategies and microbiome research into somatic practice and reconditioning the body, mind, and spirit. Really powerful work that he's going to explain more in this episode. He and his wife, Cole, have developed the biointegration technique, or BIT. They are also the founders of Expand to Experience, which is a modality that they created used to help entrepreneurs, impactors, influencers, and more build a body that they need to be of service to others. Really tremendous work that Ta is doing in the world. And the reason that I brought him on the show was to speak about a very specific topic, and that is male sexuality and the taboos of sexuality and the disruptions that they cause within us. In addition to diving deep into this topic, we also spoke about why it's essential to own who we truly are, the power in acknowledging and celebrating other men instead of always trying to one-up everybody. How many of you guys out there look around the room and size everybody up, all the other men in the room to figure out who's the alpha dog, right? It's, it's kind of in our nature and Ta offers a really interesting perspective on why it's important to celebrate one another as well. We also spoke about pornography. This is such a huge topic right now you know, with the no fat movement and everybody trying to figure out what has pornography done to the culture of sexuality. So we talked about how pornography has shaped a distorted sexuality for all of us, especially men, especially when it comes to intimacy. The statistics that I got, I think it was from the episode with Cam when we were talking about pornography, is that the first exposure for boys to pornography happens at age eight and by age 11, the majority of boys are habitual pornography viewers. It is baffling to me that that is what we are using now for educating our children on sexuality, intimacy, and romance. So a lot of incredible topics to talk about and so much more in between the lines. I'll leave it at that. Without further ado, Ta Witty. Ta Witty in the building, cooking up from Austin, man. You say it's 90 degrees over there right now? Yeah, it's 90 degrees. It's going up to 96 today, I believe. Yeah. 96. I didn't, bacon. I didn't realize it gets so hot in Texas this early. I guess it's May, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's been, we got here in February and the first day we got here, it was like 60 and the next day it was like 42 degrees. And then the day after that, it was 80 degrees. It was, it's crazy. So it's been between 70s and the 80s uh, for the most part. And it's been creeping into the 90s over the past week. Right on, bro. Well, I, I think I prefer the temperate Southern California. <laughs> Me too, bro. Yeah, you too. You too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it too hot or too cold, man. I just, I'm, I'm running from those, those temperatures, man, because New York gets both of those and that's where I'm from. Yeah. So likewise, man. Yeah. Likewise. Well, let's see if we can channel some of that heat into this conversation because we're, we're talking about something really important today. And for you guys who are tuning in right now, um, the topic of sexuality for men, it's very easy for us to go into this dialogue of sex as a conquest, you know, like, oh, yeah, I slept with this hot chick or, you know, I, I'm dating all these chicks at the same time. But what I found is that sexuality is just another place where we as men can put our keep our masks on. And we don't like to talk about some of the more difficult subjects. Do you find the same thing in the work that you do, Ty? I definitely do, man. I find it a lot. I've, I've found it a lot within myself. You know, I was raised uh, in Flatbush, Brooklyn, in the hood. And, you know, it was always the macho thing, you know, fucking these chicks and getting these bitches and all of this shit. And, and uh, you know, my father never really taught me about being intimate with women and, and, and interacting. My father was a very closed off dude. And he and my mother didn't really, they, they didn't really romance in front of us. You know, every once in a while I'd see them, you know, a peck here or there, but I didn't see them romancing each other. So I had no idea of how to interact with a woman on a romantic basis. So I learned that from my friends and I learned it from TV and I learned it from the street and, you know, Mac and Chick and having all these chicks and I'm going to fuck these chicks before I even knew what fucking was. <laughs> I was just like, you know, I'm going to get this pussy. I'm going to get, and that was, you know, and it was a big deal with that. And I had a lot of confusion because, uh, you know, I had a lot of issues with my brother when I was a kid. My brother was very hard on me and he used to call me faggot. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I, when they asked my mother what a faggot was and she told me that it's a, it's a name that people, a bad name that people use for homosexuals and I asked what homosexual was and she told me. And it, Around that same time in my life, my mother told me that I must always listen to my brother because he's my older brother and he's the lead. So I listened to my brother and he, he used to call me a faggot all the time. So I thought I was I was a uh, I was homosexual. 
you know, because my brother told me that. And I, and I, I held on to that shit. You know, I was a kid. And I didn't know anything. I was seven, six or seven. And so my brother continued to call me over and over again. And, and, and it led me into a lot of confusion because all the other boys were talking about fucking chicks and being with chicks and all of this stuff. And, and, uh, and I had this confusion because I didn't feel drawn to, to, to dudes. I always liked the cute women, the, the cute girls and shit. And, you know, and it caused me a great amount of confusion. So, yeah, man, I definitely had that that uh, that male situation when I was a kid, man. And it took a long time for me to get into myself and figure out what it was uh, with, with my masculinity as far as intimacy and sexuality with within myself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that brings up a really interesting point. It's just how impressionable we are as children. You know, like the what your, what your brother will tell you, the, you know, older siblings, your parents, what they model for us and what they tell us, we take on to be gospel, right? We take it on as, as the yeah. truth and, and internalize it. It's an important thing to remember. Definitely, man. You know, we, we hold on to these things and we, we, we craft our imagination of ourselves based on our environment and what we're told. A very small amount of what we're told is that we can craft our own imaginations of ourselves. And with guidance from, from, from our elders, we can craft an awesome us, but we have to know how. And if our elders don't know how to craft them, themselves and they've been crafting themselves based on external input, what do we have? We have this jumble of, of bullshit. You know, and, and it's it's very confusing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that particular story that, that you shared, I'm going to ask you to get into it a little bit more here in a second. Sure. Um, I know that there's other men out there that have a similar story or something like that, where they were growing up with some uncertainty around their sexuality for whatever reason, right. you know, whether they were trying to figure out if they if they liked girls or they liked boys or maybe they liked both. Um and so just just really appreciating the reason why you're bringing this conversation to the table. You know, before we started recording, you said, hey, if I can share my story and I can show other men out there that you can be who, exactly who you are and not have to worry about what anybody else thinks, uh, I, I really respect that. And, I, and I'm grateful that you're bringing that message here to the show. Because I think a lot of men need to hear that. They need the leadership of other men just showing your true colors. Yeah, I, th- I think it's important, man. I think it's really important. And I work, I've worked with a lot of men who have very strong vulnerability issues because they are afraid of not being accepted. And I think that stepping forward into the next paradigm of, of humanity, we've really got to start accepting people for who they are, the decisions they make. And, and, you know, as long as it's not destructive to society, the decisions they make on their own, who gives a shit, right. you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I care, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, wh- why do we make it so hard for each other? What is the, what is the deal? And, as men, we're, we're often told to man up, we're taught to be strong, we're taught to do whatever that is. We're taught all of this shit and, it, and don't show who you are, don't show your feelings. And we have these feelings for a reason. And a, a, a huge amount of the people that I work with, the clients that I work with, the entrepreneurs that I work with come to me and they have all of this money and shit that they're making and they have this successful business and they can't get into the relationships they want to get in because they can't be vulnerable. They, they, they can't trust their partner. They don't trust themselves with their partner. They don't trust the people around them partners. They don't trust their friends around their girl, all of this shit, because they have no identity as a man, uh, you know, in their sexuality and, and whatever, because they've, they've, they've lost their way in, in, uh, in seeing themselves. Yeah. And so, sometimes, sometimes I see that men don't even know what their identity is because they've created an identity that they think will be more acceptable in society or that, that will get them to belong or get to get them to get girls. And it's not really authentic. Right. And this causes a disruption in the body. When, when you look at things at the foundation of what we are, we are the imagination. We imagine ourselves to be the way we are uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, in society, whatever. We imagine ourselves at the foundation of everything that we are. And we co-create this experience together. So if our imagination doesn't coincide with the deep feelings, the deep set feelings and the real deep set desires we have, it causes us a physical disruption. The body is very stressed because it's looking for what its true, what its true connection is, but you're forcing it into another area. And, and that becomes very disruptive to the human body. And I've seen this in plenty of people. You know, I was a nurse for 25 years. Uh, well, I'm still a nurse, but I, you know, I worked in the ER for 24, and, for 24 years. And I've, I saw nothing but disruption in bodies because people were lying to themselves. 
themselves about their sexuality, lying to themselves about who they're in relationships with, lying to themselves about loving their job and all of this shit. And their body was telling them to go in another direction and they didn't follow it. And this is what I work with with people is getting, especially men, is getting themselves into a place where they can really, really see themselves for who they are. And getting into this this idea of of sexuality, you know, they, I, I'm not sure where I read it, but there's a there's a whole scale on on a study on this homosexuality versus heterosexuality, and like there's a very hard pendulum swing to one side to the other side. One side is homosexuality, one side is heterosexuality, and very few people are completely heterosexual. And very few people are completely homosexual. People always have ideas and thoughts of what what it would be like to be with the opposite sex, even if they don't entertain it for very long or they're not really drawn to it. There's always a wonder. There's always a question. And there's always this possibility. And people are afraid to even entertain these thoughts because to think about it is taboo. Religion makes it taboo. Your family makes it taboo. Your friends make it taboo. TV makes it taboo. Hip hop makes it taboo. All these different things make it taboo. And and for you to entertain us and to be able to talk to your boys about it, you know, hey man, listen, I was thinking about this dude's lips. Look at this guy's lips. He's fucking beautiful. So, <laughs> so what? Yeah. You know, so what? Who gives a shit? Oh, I can't be friends with you. You're, you're a faggot. You know, what the fuck is that? It's nonsense. And, and this is the thing that causes people disruption. So when I, can, when I can open my mouth and say that I've had sex with men and, and that I've had sexual interactions and stuff that caused me a disruption because that's not where I wanted to be, it helps men to be like, oh shit, you know what? That shit happened to me too, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a men's retreat about a year ago in upstate New York and it was 60 something men and and I sat by the fire and we talked man and we had all these fucking interactions and all of this shit and I'm sitting there with like five dudes and all the rest of the guys are down by the water beating on drums and shit and we're talking shit at the fire and I'm like man yeah and I'm telling them my story and I'm telling them about all this shit I did when I was a kid and all these sexual interactions I had and how I used to drive around Manhattan at night paying to get my dick sucked and all of this crazy shit and they were looking at me like <laughs> you know they had this look on their face like what the fuck is with this guy and one guy came up to me on the last day of the retreat he came to me huge guy beautiful guy came to me tears in his eyes dream and he said man i gotta tell you something i gotta tell you something you really inspired me man you know i experimented with men too man i was so afraid to say this shit i said how long have you been holding this in your body it was like 35 years 35 fucking years you should see how this guy looks now from that conversation looks fucking awesome. I haven't touched or said anything to this guy since, but every once in a while we get in contact and you should see his whole body, everything transformed different. Yeah, man. You know, getting that shit out makes a difference and being able to talk about it makes a difference. So being, being uh, in this place where I can get men to, to see that there is another man who's experienced this type of shit, who's been through this type of shit is important. It's really important. Yeah, man, I, I love that. And I've seen that happen on many different occasions, whether it's um, men who have experimented with other men in their past, you know, and and have uh, shame around that or they carry a story around that, that of what does that mean? Does that mean that I'm gay? Does that mean that, you know, I don't like I can't be with a woman? Um, and also the same thing, very similar around abuse, men who were abused by um, a man or a woman at a very young age. It also is like the same kind of story. We hold on to it and we don't feel comfortable enough to share it. But once right. it does get broken through and somebody else in the world knows that you've been through that, it's like an, it's like literally you can see the weight lift off of people. When you said that his whole face changed, I've seen that happen. Changed. It's amazing, man. Completely. So it, it makes me think of um, vulnerability. You use the word vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think vulnerability is something that's getting thrown around a lot now. And mm-hmm. the perceptions of what vulnerability means can, can be... Uh, can be de- destructive. If there's a if there's a person who's getting on a, you know a Facebook live and sharing their whole life story and every intimate detail of their life for the very first time, and there's not a container right. to receive that, that's something that I have I have a little bit of an issue with. Or I would say, hey, yeah, think about creating a safe space for yourself where people will love you and, and receive what you have to say. So I just want to hear your thoughts on vulnerability for other men out there who may feel inspired to share some of these things they haven't. Well, vulnerability goes hand in hand with safety. And, and if I can get into vulnerability and safety, it's, it's, a, it's a very important thing. And security and safety are not the same thing. Now, now the reason I bring in security in this is because, you know, people are always telling me I want to feel secure. Security is a future-driven situation. To be secure with money, to be secure in this, it's the idea that you will be safe later on. Safety is a right now thing. When it comes to the body, 
Do you feel safe in yourself? Do, do you feel like you're threatened or anything like that? When your body feels like it's not safe, it goes into protective mode and then it can fall into fight or flight. It's very important that we stay safe in the now. The idea of security is a future-based thing. When you are safe right now, you can allow yourself to be free. You can allow yourself to express right now. You can allow yourself to be present in, your, in yourself. And that allows your emotions to come up. It allows all of these things to happen. So understanding the paradigm of safety not security, safety and vulnerability is important. And for people to not feel safe all the time when they're around their friends, the body's on alert. The body's feeling threatened. The body's afraid that this person's going to attack you. That person's going to turn you down. This one's going to abandon you. You're not going to be right. And it causes a disruption in the body. And this is something that I, I can't stress enough I cannot stress this enough with people that that safety is important for you to function and flow, for you to grow. If you're trying to grow muscle, if you're trying to change your body, if you're trying to connect with people, that safety is important that your body is not in fight or flight mode. If you tip that scale just a little bit and you get afraid, your body goes into fight or flight, you can't process things properly, you can't maintain. So it's important for us to be able to be vulnerable, to be safe, and to be safe to be vulnerable is a very, is a tantra to it. So getting men to understand that that vulnerability is important for them for growth. If you're feeling stuck, it's important for you for growth. It's important for you to have a safe container. And that means the people, the men around you, the women around you, the people around you, if you can't trust them to hold you safe and who you are, it's time to reconsider changing your familiarity, changing the people that you keep proximal to you because they are dangerous for you. And I'm not saying they're going to kill you, but it's dangerous for your personal organism. And it's really important for people to really start latching on to the idea of safety and vulnerability in that paradigm together. And vulnerability means being able to be seen. And it doesn't mean you have to let out all your secrets and tell the world that, you know, you have shit stains in your underwear all the time. What, <laughs> it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have to go that far. But it, if I wanted to call you up and be like, yo, Jetty, man, yo, I'm having anal leakage, man. You know anybody that could help me with this shit? You wouldn't laugh at me. Right. You help me, you know? And it's just like, you know, I don't know many of my boys that would come to me and say some shit like that because they're afraid. And it's like, I give them every opportunity. Listen, well, no matter what happens, I will never judge you. No matter what happens, I'll stand here. I'll hold your hand. I will hold you. You can cry on my fucking shoulders, bro. I'm your brother and I love you. And no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what you've done, and no matter what you go, where you go, no matter who you've had sex with or what your thoughts are, I love you and I'm here for you. And that is the most powerful thing we can do is give a person that opportunity to feel safe within themselves so that they can be vulnerable, so that they can get the shit out, so that they can get the emotions out. It's really, really important. Emotions shouldn't last more than 90 seconds at any particular time, of, of uh, you know, unless there's a continuous stimulation that, that's bringing that emotion. Emotion should come through. You should have that shit for 90 minutes, 90 seconds, and then let it flow. Your body lets go of it. If you hold on to that shit, it becomes destructive. It becomes a very destructive force. Even fucking ridiculous amounts of joy can exhaust the body, <laughs> you know? So it's important for us to, to allow our emotions to happen and not let them flow through, not let them, not hold on to them, not attach to them. You know? Yeah. So that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I, I love that piece, man, because that makes me think of... Peter Levine, Waking the Tiger. Have you read that book? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, so you know that it's up on the shelf back there. <laughs> there it is. All right. Cool, man. Yeah. So, right. just to just to just to highlight that for a minute, what you said about emotions uh -huh. is every other animal walking the planet shakes off the emotions of of a traumatic event. You know, if like an antelope has been chased down by a tiger and got away, it shakes it off. It, it trembles until it gets the emotional energy out of the body. But we as humans because we've learned that it's not safe to express that energy or show those emotions, we can internalize it and it lasts forever. So that's that's one thing. Uh, before we go into that, if we wanna go into that deeper, another thing you mentioned was, it sounds to me like this vulnerability dynamic is a two-way street. You know, not, yeah. on one hand, it's the best gift that you can ever give somebody is by letting them feel safe enough to be their full self, to take off the armor, right. to take off the mask and show you what's really going on inside. Um, and it has to be that safe container in order for somebody to be able to do that. So what about the men? Like you said, you can be as safe of a container as possible for somebody. I, obviously, you, you're very open and you're very much in service in your body right now. But what about the men who come to you and they still can't go there? What? Why is that happening and what can they do about it? There's, there's a few things that you can do about it. 
the, the person who holds space has to really know how to hold space. And holding space doesn't mean that you're waiting for something to happen immediately. Holding space can be 10 minutes. It can be an hour. It can be seven weeks. It can be a year. You know, can you hold that space for that person? Can you be patient? Everybody's process is different. And uh, for me, the, the, the one thing that has really helped me to help other people open up is to tell them, to show them, to actually be there and show them the things that have happened to me, show them the things and, and maybe bring my wife in and speak about it in front of my wife to them so they can see how she reacts or doesn't react because my wife is very flat when I talk about shit. She's like, whatever. <laughs> you know, she doesn't care. I mean, she cares, she cares, but she doesn't give a fuck, you know? So no matter what happens... Um, I have these examples that I show people with. Also, movement is very important. When I talk to people about things, I ask them to talk about it. And this is something I do with my movement training with people is I get them into a place where we do physical movements. I make sure that they can do squats and whatever kind of lifts and stuff in a very safe fashion so that their form is good. And then I start to ask them to talk about stuff while they move. In, in different planes of movement because we hold things in different parts of our bodies. So if emotions start to come up when you move and you're talking, that might be an area that's, that something might be trapped in. So we can do some manual manipulation or more movement, change the bands or whatever into, into moving and then get them to start to move these things because the, the energy of it may be trapped up in the body and the process will bring it up bring it into the brain, draw it in from the brain to the mind and then back. And then the emotion will come back into the body. And then, then uh, you know, Peter Levine talks about similar types of things when he's talking to people in, in, in Waking the Tiger, in bringing these things up. So it's almost, it's almost like how uh, hypnosis can bring a person back to where they were, but it's not using, the, hypnosis is using the body. It's using manipulation, it's using movement, and it's exploring the different planes. When most people go to the gym, they're, they're lifting in the front of their body. They're squatting, they're, they're lifting barbells in front of their, they're doing bench press and that stuff. A lot of stuff is in the back of the body. So I have people do things in the back of their body and move and maybe rotate their shoulders with their arms back or do the Heisman posture and stuff like that. And when you do that stuff, this past weekend, when I told you I had a, a retreat this past weekend, I had this guy walk around in the Heisman pose out in the forest and start talking. And dude, you should have seen the shit that came out of this guy's mouth. It was fucking awesome. And he's like, man, I haven't talked about this stuff since I was a kid. And you should have seen, because his shoulders are rolled in like this. He had this posture where his shoulders are internally rotated and he's, and he's kind of crouched in. You should have seen him by the end of the retreat, he was open. And he said, I haven't been open like this in years like 15 years. And he's been holding all of this shit in his body. And it's like getting in. And these are, these are the things that I work with people on is getting them to actually move the body. The movement is super important. It's not just to exercise. It's to actually get the body to open up and see what the energetics that it's, see the energetics that it's been holding in conjunction with your emotions. So these are some of the things that I do with people. That's, that's brilliant, dude. And I just want to pause for a minute because I think a lot of people who are listening may not be familiar with somatics. Um, the, the, the theory of somatic principles is that we have a body that we live in and it's more than just flesh and bones. It actually stores a lot of energetic experiences. So when we're talking about emotions, we're talking about energy that lives in the body. What Ta is saying, at least my interpretation of what you're saying and what I know, is that moving the body exposes these different compartments where we've stored some of these emotions. It could have been when you got turned down by the first girl you ever asked out, or it could have been when you walked in on your parents having sex, you know, all these different things that we internalize as traumas that we never speak about. So what you're bringing to the surface is moving. I've never actually heard anybody talk about that. I've heard of people getting people to move so that they can unlock certain things. But I, I visualize people having a conversation or even by themselves just moving and starting to like vocalize, verbalize your journal, th like thoughts out into the mm -hmm. open, man. That's, that's yep. some powerful work. Thank you, man. And, and, uh, I have a seeing yourself questionnaire and, and, uh, I'll, a matter of fact, I'll, I'll send you a link to it that you can include in this that people can click on. And it's an exercise with maybe 32 questions that you ask yourself, right? You write them down because writing it down expresses it through your hand, right? You, you write it down, then you get in front of a mirror and you say it out loud. So you get the vibration from your throat and you get the visual stimulation and the auditory stimulation of it. You write down the answers to all the questions that are deep questions about yourself. And, and it's like, you know, are you having the sex that you love? You know, are you working in the job that you want to work at? You know, is there anything blocking you from? And it's really heavy fucking questions for you to look at and ask yourself in the mirror. And, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll shoot you a link to that so that you can include 
that with this and give these pe- the people that are listening some value, you know, yeah. their listeners some value. Sure, and man. and uh, it's it's really important for people to start facing themselves and seeing the somatic situation. And what my wife and I have been working on getting people to see also, in, in addition to movement and stuff, is we are flesh, bone, and microbiome. Right. So we have a platitude of microorganisms that live with us, on us at the same time. And they are us. So on your skin, your skin is covered with microorganisms. The inside of your gut is there are more cells inside your gut than there are in your body. Right. Of, of, of bacteria. The, the number is it trumps the amount of cells we have in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So these things are also important. And another thing that I work with people on is actually cleaning out the gut with the high fiber stuff and getting the lining of the gut to renew itself and then refreshing your microbiome and all of that stuff, you know, when it's coming out, it's very, very emotional stuff because the microbiome also holds on to emotion and it replicates and it, pushes down in the next DNA stream of their DNA stream, all of the emotion that you've been holding. So it's really important for people to start to get that idea that the microbiome of the body is also holding your emotion. And we have been discounting this shit forever. And it's in, and, and uh, a lot of people are starting to study the microbiome more. And, and they know that there's a brain and gut connection. However, the bacteria that we are replicating in our bellies, if sometimes we have an overload of shitty bacteria, sometimes we have a shitty bacteria. <laughs> sometimes we have an overload of great bacteria. And, and, you know, getting that into balance and flow and understanding that the food we eat, the high fiber foods we eat or the low fiber foods we eat can change and shift the, the kind of bacteria that hold on to crappy energy, that hold on to good energy. So that's a very important part of how you eat. So another thing I do with people is I get them to shift how they eat and start to experiment. How are you feeling and study over a month or two, you know, do an elimination diet and then renew stuff, do something high fiber so that you can push out and cleanse the inside of of the gut, something gentle, but something that's very effective and start taking probiotics. If you want to start shifting and you can change the different brands, the different types of probiotics, the different, you know, start eating fermented foods like sauerkraut and kimchi and stuff like that and getting your microbiome to shift. So, so that movement practice, that practice of, of changing your, your microbiome in your body, uh, watching the, the, the toxins and stuff that you pump into your body. All these things are important and being seen, right? Being safe in your diet, right? Safe, safety in your diet right now. Not mm. I'm going to eat good later on. No, being safe in your diet now. And that's also part of the safety and that vulnerability is seeing yourself, being vulnerable with yourself, not just other people, but yourself, being honest and vulnerable with yourself and getting your diet in tandem with your movement in tandem with your, the people that you keep in your circle and in your life. Yeah, man. It's, it's so important. It's so, and, and I think a lot of times, I'm sure people who just like heard what you shared, some of them may say, what? You know, you might have to go back a couple minutes and, and listen to it again. <laughs> some people might feel overwhelmed by that. And so, you know, one thing I always remind people is that figure out what the next step is. Figure out what the very right. next step is, because sometimes when you try to, there's so much information out there and you try to implement it all at once, you implement none of it. And so um, the other thing I'll put on top of that is for those of you guys who are listening to this and, and at some point Todd just lost you. <laughs> Maybe you're like, what the hell is a microbiome? Number one, I'm going to say, go check out all the Taz stuff because it's absolutely brilliant and it's absolutely relevant. It's, it's science-based. It's stuff that is like, you know, we would, we would call it groundbreaking, but it's really the new wave of how we take care of ourselves. One thing that I always think about when, you know, cause a lot of the stuff that we can't see, we discredit. But if you believe that, you know, the earth is changing climates and the earth is, you know, sick, if we might want to say that, that there's something, you know, the earth is having some trouble right now. Look at the people who are living on earth. We're the microorganisms of the, the mega body that is earth, the meta body that is earth. So if you zoom in a little bit more, picture yourself as a planet and all of the little organisms that live inside you. How are they doing? Are they living right. good right now? Are you feeding them? Are you take? are you even speaking to them and acknowledging them? You know, so yeah. Um, stuff to think about for people as they're trying to grasp the concept. Yeah. And, and, and that concept is, is, is very important to understand. And what you're talking about is the microcosm. And most people, most humans have this outward look. We look outside, right? We look outside for the answers. We look into the macrocosm. We look into the universe. We look into the broad spectrum stuff. So it's us, the planet, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, Right. But then there's us, there's our cellular structure, our molecular structure, 
our atomic structure, our neutrinos, our quarks, all of these smaller things. And we get infinitely small as we are infinitely large. So we can go in both directions. And it's really important for us to understand the power of the internal being, the power of the infinitely minute, the infinitely small, the, you know, it's, it's really important that we be able to go in both directions. And it's important for people to not overwhelm themselves. <laughs> this is a lot of stuff. And as a, as a race of human beings, we don't need to know everything there is to know as an individual, because altogether we know everything that there is to know. So it's important that we see each other in symbiotic in a symbiotic capacity, that we work together. And that I can go to Jetty when I need Jetty's expertise and I don't have to go and study all of the stuff that Jetty's learned because I need to one-up him. No, let me go hire this guy. Let me make sure that he's eating right. Let me make sure he's living in a place where, where he's comfortable so that he can fortify me with the, with the education, you know, with, this, with the services that I need. In turn, he comes to me when he needs this and he makes sure that I have a place to eat a place to live, food to eat, and the things that I need so that my life is easy, so that I can provide full quality. And when we can start getting into this paradigm of really uh, enamoring and appreciating each other for what we bring to the table, no matter how grand or how how subtle it may be, it's really, it, 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 it makes us a more cohesive uh, set of beings on this planet. And I think that as men, you know, getting back to the situation with men, we're always taught to step on each other and be competitive and be sports this and that and beat each other out and take this guy's girl. You know, I did hip hop. I'm a hip hop artist as well. I've been hip hop for eons. And, you know, when I was, when I started out, it was all about, I'm going to fuck your girl. I'm going to, you know, my car's better than yours. And, you know, my rap's better than yours. And all of this is better than, and one up, one up, one up, one up, one up. You know, sports, one up, one up, one up, one up, one up. You know, all of these things, one up. You know, my girl's prettier than yours and, 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 and I got the cleaner sneakers than yours. We've got to be cohesive. And it's like, you know, man, your sneakers are fresh, bro. Where'd you get those? Man, I'd love that, man. Those are awesome. Not, let me step on this guy's sneakers because his shits are fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it all comes back around. So when you look at these things on a grand scale, they also have a very small scale as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, man. And that's something that I talk about in the work that I do. You know, we use the four, the four archetypes and one of the archetypes of, of men is the king. Mm-hmm. And in the king archetype, you know, the, the shadow side of the king or the dark side of the king is what you said. It's the one who tries to one up every other man, the one who's always trying to be on top, who always wants to win and beat everybody else out. But the, you know, the enlightened king or the conscious king, whatever you want to call it, is the one who knows how to celebrate and how to acknowledge other men. Because he doesn't need the validation of seeing a man who's lower than himself. He's able to see the brilliance in another man and appreciate it. And, and that's contagious. Like yeah. celebration and acknowledgement is infectious. You should try it out, man. I, in fact, I invite everybody on here. Once you hear this, go find one man in your life that you haven't acknowledged or celebrated in a long time. And just say, give him like the biggest, massive, bow on top compliment you possibly can and see what it does to him. It's amazing. It's amazing what it does to people when they're not expecting it. It's awesome, man. Like I walk around on a daily basis and no matter where I go, I look for the things that that I think are wonderful about people. And I'll be like, man, your smile is awesome, bro. Dude would be like, me? (laughs) Yes, you, bro. (laughs) Have an awesome day. And and then I'm out. It's like we've got to start acknowledging other men and the things that we think are wonderful and beautiful about them. And just because we're men, it doesn't mean we want to, you know, I mean, this, this homophobia thing in our society is ridiculous. And it stops us from connecting with other men. And it's like, yo, dude, you're beautiful. Your smile, your teeth are straight as hell. You know what? <laughs> wow, bro. <laughs> you know, see these things, bro. Your arms look jacked. I bet you could lift a car, you know, say something like that to a dude. And it's not like, it, it doesn't mean you want to jump in bed with him. You know, I don't go up to women and be like, you know, Hey, your arms, you know, your, your ass is awesome. It doesn't mean, that. <laughs> I mean that's a stupid example. You can, rewind, you can rewind and take that away. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I mean, you know, this, 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 we've got to celebrate each other and we're not celebrating each other enough. You know, yeah. we're not, man. And, and it doesn't allow, and that's part of vulnerability, being present in that moment, seeing something that you mm-hmm. like, seeing something that you admire, something that you love. You know, somebody says, a, somebody does a speech or something that you, and you're at a talk, you just go over and be like, man, that was so inspirational. Thank you. That's it two seconds of your time, man. It doesn't take a lot to change somebody's day and to make a connection with somebody, you know, and change your own day. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's. I think it's really powerful. In fact, we had an earlier episode with a uh, with with a man named Blake, and he he brings appreciation to a whole another stratosphere. And so, if, if anyone's listening to this hasn't heard that yet, that's a good a lot of good tips in that episode for how you can bring appreciation and acknowledgement into your yeah. life for other people even more. Um, but you know, with the time we've got left, I want to take a, a circle back onto Main Street for a moment because okay. okay. there's a really important topic that's starting to circulate on on Facebook on media these days i see and i see all the other guys out there who are doing men's work really jumping on this and it's the pornography thing right and so okay. you know because we're talking about sex we're talking about sexuality intimacy how do you think pornography has shaped men's sexuality over the past few decades man i you know listen i've had an extensive <laughs> an extensive history with pornography man and you know i i occasionally indulge in po- in porn uh, currently <laughs> i'm not even going to lie about it um you know there's there there are things there are fantasies that people want to be for, you know have fulfilled and they are not getting it from their partner or or you know or whatever and they go and they satiate themselves in porn um, my father had a huge porn collection and I used to sneak into his, <laughs> into his drawer and pull videotapes out and, and watch his porn. And I didn't know how to have sex. I didn't know what it looked like. You know, nobody taught me anything. The girls that I had been involved with knew nothing. The, the, the boys that I played with when I was a kid knew nothing. So my only reference was pornography. And I think that that's the, the, a big reference nowadays. Uh, it's even more. Uh, pornography is, is, is the starting point. It's the teaching point for most people to learn how to do anything sexual. And with the, with the advent of the internet, it's bigger than ever. That people are like, listen, you know, you want to learn how to fuck this girl? You want to learn how to suck some dick? You want to learn how to eat some pussy? Go turn on some porn. You know, you got you porn and an ex hamster and, and, uh, whatever other websites there are, there are a whole slew of them that you don't even have to sign in. You just go and click on it. And <laughs> are you over 18? Yes. <laughs> and then you're watching porn and they've got everything from people shitting on each other to, you know, three girls and four dudes and drag queens and she males. And they have all of this stuff. And it's where you go and learn. And people's parents are still not talking to them about sex. They're not, the kids are not allowed to be, Oh, that's not something, you know, it's, it's, it's putting penis and vagina. That's not what we talk about in this house. People need to talk to their kids about sex, man, especially the teenagers. Talk to them about it. Ask them what they're, what, they're, what they're doing. The world is changing and we've got to start interacting with our children from a place where they can feel safe with us. And um, pornography can be, it can be a gift and it can be a dangerous thing. You know, um, it, it's, it's, it is pornography. I don't. I don't see it as a good or a bad thing. I see it as pornography, and I and I see it as something that, <clears throat> when people are not allowed to express themselves in their relationships with, with the with their chosen partner, uh, and they and they find pornography, they become addicted to it because they want to be with the person that they're with, but they're not having the sexual activity that they want to have. So they go and they masturbate to pornography, and it's and and they see the you know they see these beautiful people having all of this, you know, all of these wonderful positions and, you know, deep throat this and eating pussy that and throwing somebody around and spinning people on this and hanging from trapezes and all of this (laughs) wild stuff that they want to have. And they're afraid to ask their partner to be able to indulge. And if the partner is not, and if they are, and the partner's not willing, they can, you know, they'd be forced to make a decision. Well, do I want to stay in this relationship? And do I want to have lackluster sex or do I want to go and seek what makes me feel complete and it causes a huge conundrum so people stay locked into pornography because it's a safe place and not hurting anybody and and uh, this is why it's a it's, it's damn near a, tri- a trillion dollar a year business yeah it's you know, crazy man it's it's ridiculous and you know I think that there are enough people uh, in the world that would probably love to have some really wild <laughs> wild sex um you know with their partner and if the partner is not with it then let, let let your partner go or you know stay in a relationship and be like okay well look you can go fuck who you want to fuck i just want you here with me and the kids you know but you know this is that vulnerability again people are not allowing their partners to be real with them 
you know, it's like, oh, why would you want to go fuck somebody else? Because you're not fucking me the way I want to be fucked, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and then people are cheating. And then, you know, so pornography is a, is a, is a cornucopia thing. We can talk about, we can talk for an hour about that shit, bro. Sure. Sure. Well, I think it actually boils down to something I think is really important. I always talk to guys about radical self-honesty. Like yeah. when was the last time that you were radically honest with yourself about your needs, your wants, your desires, and how many, when you, when you do that, how much of that is actually present in your life? And how much of that have you denied yourself of because of what you said? You're afraid to ask. You're afraid to ask your partner. You're afraid to ask someone else in your life for the things that you need. Um, Or you don't feel confident about going out and finding it for yourself. And and it goes beyond sex. It goes beyond what we want for ourselves sexually. But because that's what we're talking about here, it's like there are so many men out there who are denying their truth. And I think that the only result of denying your truth is resentment, either self-resentment or resentment for something we externalize because we we just don't feel fulfilled on a right. deep level. Right. I agree, man. Yeah, I, I agree. And radical self-honesty is something that I practice, uh, you know, and I catch myself when I'm not being honest, you know, and it's like <laughs> my mantra always brings me back to self-honesty and, and, uh, and I don't fuck around. And it's like, you know, if I'm not having the sex I want to have with my wife, I talk to her about it and, you know, and we discuss, listen, um, you know, if, 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 if it ever got to that place to be like, listen, you know, do you, are you cool being in this relationship? You know, and this is the kind of sex that I'm looking to have. And if that's not, if that's not what, uh, if that's not what you're about, then is it possible for us to bring somebody else in? Because I, I don't fuck around, man. I love to have sex, bro. I love it. And it's a big part of my life. And I finally found my lane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> After being in these positions when I was a kid, you know, fucking around with all of this nonsense that I really didn't feel connected to. Now I know what I, now I know what I want to be connected to. You know, I know the kind of woman that I want to be with. And if that's not her lane anymore or whatever, then we need to talk about it. And, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not locked into anything and my wife's not locked into anything. If the sex became shitty for her, it would be the same way. You know, baby, what, what do you need? Do you need to bring somebody else in? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, we are very fucking honest with each other about this shit. And no matter what the, no matter what feelings come up, I keep myself safe in my feelings so that I'm not holding on to this shit because it becomes disruptive to my organism. And I'm not having my body be disrupted because then I can't, I can't be real with the people that I'm serving and I can't be real with myself. And my, my ultimate uh, goal in life, my ultimate thing in life is to be in a flow state and, and being pleasurable. No matter what is going on around me, no matter how fa- the, the world is falling apart around me, I need to be in a flow state. And if my wife is disrupting that, then we need to talk about shit. If my boys mm-hmm. are disrupting that, we need to talk about shit. If the, the shit I'm work I'm doing is disrupting it, then I need to reevaluate that work. I am not fucking around with my life at all. And I teach my clients the same thing. Don't fuck around with your life. Do not take any shorts. It doesn't mean you have to be an asshole or a dick about it, but you, and you can talk to people about it and keep yourself safe. When your organism is disrupted, you can't take care of anybody hundred percent. There's no way your children, your, your wife, your spouse, your, your boyfriend, whatever, you can't take care of these people. So you've got mm-hmm. to put yourself first. And, and if, porn is causing an issue in your life and it's taking the place of something that you wish you had, it might be time for some radical, radical self-evaluation. And, and um, this is something that, that a lot of people are having a hard time dealing with and getting a practitioner or a coach or support from someone who can help guide you through this and hold you in this shit and hold that space for you without any judgment it's important. And this is why I think a lot of, uh, you know, of coaches and shit are starting to pop up all over the place in the world is because people are, are, are in need of this type of thing. And I think that, that this is a, a new paradigm of healthcare is, is getting someone to be able to back you up and to have a life team. You know, not just not just a doctor, not just a, a, a dentist, but some motherfuckers that are there for you on some real shit. Look, man, you know, I have a client right now that I'm dealing with that's not being honest with himself, and he's actually dodging me. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're paying me to dodge me? No, <laughs> I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna fucking Skype you. I'm gonna come knock on your doorbell <laughs> if you the door because you asked. This is the help you asked for. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna be there for you. And, and it's, what do you need? You know, it's just yeah. that, that radical self honesty, Jetty, just like you said, man, that, that, that's a, that's something that we've really got to be uh, astute about. And, and yeah. with this porn shit, it brings, it brings this, it brings a lot of shit up when it comes to self-honesty that people are not facing with their sexuality. Yeah, bro. Real, real talk, man. Straight up testify. That was, that, that was brilliant stuff right there, man. Thank everybody, you, man. everybody dial in. Um, yeah, man. So obviously each, 
one of these topics we've discussed are channels that we could blow open and discuss for hours, especially you and I, man. This is a good <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Um, but there are a few questions that I want to get to because I, I ask everybody who comes on here and it gives us a good spread of perspective of how sure. different men see the world. So um, I usually start off with this, but we jumped right in. So let's go back to what I would usually ask. And for you, what's the difference between a boy and a man? The difference between a boy and a man? Well, a boy is, uh, you never stop being a boy. For me, a man is an adult male, <laughs> right? <laughs> who's an adult male who's sexually mature, who's past puberty, who is able to see himself and can own himself. There are plenty of men who, there's always a boy in us. And that's the immature, the inquisitive the playful adventure seeker, the pleasure seeker. The boy is always in us. The man is the one who can pull in the most of the masculine. Boy, The boyish part of us is what I would consider the, the feminine energy aspect, the chaotic, uh, the free-flowing, the free-spirited, the, the, the one that, the part of you that doesn't need structure. The man is the structural part of us. It is the part that needs to control. It needs to pull the boy in so that the boy doesn't get us killed, <laughs> you know? So we have these ebb and flow parts of us. So as I've seen some, some I've worked with some young men that are in their, their teens and preteens that are men <laughs> that have a huge man aspect because they've had to take care of their younger brothers and sisters because their parents were on crack or, you know, abusive and that type of stuff. So the man has had to come out of kids. They've had to create their own uh, masculine, super masculine part. So when you, when you think of that pendulum again, swinging, you've got the boy and you've got the man, you've got the boy that dwells and, and can, can play in the masculine, the, the feminine arena more than the man can, because the man has to have all the destruction and that type of stuff. So, for me, that's that's the difference between a boy and a man. Yeah, I, and I love that answer, man. It's it definitely captures a lot of what I've hear, heard other men describe. And I mm-hmm. think the important part, whenever someone describes what you just did, is mm-hmm. to remember that we always have a boy that lives in us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of times, a lot of men are suffering because they they've let go of their boy, or mm-hmm. they've tried to um, suppress their boy right. because they believe that all the world wants is a man. Yeah, but. That man energy, like you said, it's structured, it's disciplined, it's focused. It's not It's not the same as the playful, fun boy that we have in us. And right. a healthy boy inside of a grown-ass man is one of the most attractive things you could yeah. ever find. Yeah, I mean, look, look, man, I mean, I'm 46 years old. I'm a grandfather. I have two grandkids. My daughter's 27 years old. And... You know, I, I, I'm at an age where a lot of my, my friends that I grew up with have retired from their careers, you know, and or are getting ready to retire. And I play all the fucking time and I <laughs> all the time. I'm always playing. I have a good time and I'm able to keep structure. And I think that it's important for us to understand that masculine energy and feminine energy has nothing to do with male or female. I think that men tend to have more masculine energy when they're older and and become a little less chaotic when they get older and because they've learned to wrangle in that that masculine energy. When we're kids, we're mostly around our mothers, you know, for most of us anyway. So we are always in a space of femininity and people who tend to dwell in a more feminine arena. So we have that chaotic, you know, we pick up our mother's chaos and her emotional wildness and all of this other stuff. And then we're taught to structure it otherwise. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, no doubt. Yeah. That's a big thing being raised by our moms and our dads are out working all day. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this one. What's one thing that you've learned in your life up to now that you wish you knew when you were 18? One thing that I wish I knew uh, now, when I was 18 was to ask a woman for what I, what I really want sexually, to, to be able to be like, look, this is how I want my dick sucked. I mean, I need it deep to the bottom, <laughs> sloppy. You know, I, 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 need, I need to be able to throw you into all these positions. And because I wasted my time with a, with, with a few women being in relationships with women for an extended period of time and the sex was fucking horrible and I felt really disconnected. And, I, and I'm a very tactile, I'm a very affectionate person. I love to be hugged, I love to be touched, and I love to be appreciated, and I love to have sex. And to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't match me because I was afraid to ask because I was afraid to hurt their feelings caused me a lot of disruption and bullshit. Mm. So, you know, I, I mean, I got to where I wanted 
to be. <laughs> and I probably didn't have to take the fucking scenic route. You know, <laughs> the, the scenery was wonderful, but I missed out on some, I think I, I missed out on some pretty awesome sex that I could have had. <laughs> sure. Sure, <laughs> and, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a big one, man. I wish I heard that one too. <laughs> Ask for what you want. Ask for what you want, and all in all all domains, it's a big thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, how about this? What is, what are some of the most important values you think that men ought to have in in the modern world? Love yourself. The ability to love yourself. The ability to see yourself. The ability to hug yourself. The ability to call yourself beautiful the ability to call yourself sexy, the, beautiful, the, the ability to, to feed yourself with food that is fulfilling for your body, to be able to ask for help, to be able to hug your brothers, to choose your family, to not adhere to a kin structure that is destructive to you because it is called family, to make your own family. I think these are the things that we really need to learn how to do for ourselves. And that self-love is critically important and we do not know how to do it. And we're raising boys and we don't know how to take care of ourselves. So we've got to learn how to take care of ourselves first. Wow, man. I love that. I love that. Especially that last one of those, the choose fan, choose your family, man, that mm. that has never rung more true. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there who are stuck in family dynamics that are just you know, ancestrally poisoned with these ways that don't, that don't vibrate with people, but we stick in it because we feel like we have to, or we should. Yeah. The kin structure in, in our world is very disruptive and very destructive. And it's something that Cole and I have been working on helping people to shake up. And a big part of the foundation of what we are is our interpersonal relationship with the person we choose or the people we choose to partner up with on a very intimate basis. Then the next level up is family and our family structure is very disruptive and destructive. I mean, how many times have you been somewhere as a kid and your mom's like, kiss your uncle such and such and kiss your aunt Clarice and your body is like, no, and they force you to do it. And they force you to be around cousins and shit that you hate or you don't like and it's, or you don't connect with and then you're forced and the family is important, family is everything and you're not familiar with these people. I can tell you that most of my family, most of my kin don't know shit about me. And, and I'm in the process right now of actually acquainting myself with my mother. You know, and it, this is something my mother has no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. I've been hiding for so fucking long, you know, and, 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 and she's finally getting to a place where she's open enough to entertain that. So family is very, very important that you create your family structure and it does not have to be restricted to your kin. Mm-hmm. Make your family the people you are familiar with. Familiar. <laughs> That's where the word <laughs> comes from. They're familiar. They're like family. Kin doesn't mean shit. I have people in my in my kin that are blood related. That man, they've caused me so much fucking strife and destruction. It's ridiculous. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing with most people that I know. The kin that they have is very disruptive and hateful to them, but they adhere to these people because they're taught that that's what they need to stick to. Mm. I love that man. And I myself, my wife, and my son and I, we live with two other couples, and these are it's like our chosen family, the ones we choose to be with, the one who we align ourselves with. And I think that's I think it's a new paradigm, man. I love that you guys are introducing that and shaking it up because it starts with being really honest with yourself about what you value, who you are, and what you want, and then being that in the world and seeing who sticks around. <laughs> and everybody, and everybody who doesn't, you know, who cares. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly, I don't think that it's a new paradigm. I think it's an old paradigm. And I think that technology, industrialized agriculture pulled us out of that type of situation. And now that we have technology and everything uh, in, in a place where we can flow with this shit, it's time to return back to that place where we start to choose the people that we want to be with and not get upset and bent out of shape because you're oh, this kid and they don't want to be with me. Fuck that. You know, like if my daughter doesn't want to talk to me anymore, bye. You know, I love you. If you want to come back around, hey, I'm here, girl. You know, we can chill and talk, whatever. I don't give a shit. And my daughter is cool as fuck, man. Me and my daughter have an awesome relationship. But if she decides that she doesn't want to talk to me anymore, then listen, fuck that, man. That's her life. She's an, I didn't bring her in this world to have a fucking pet or to have a servant or to have a slave or to have somebody that needs to be stuck to me. She's a human being, you know, and if I choose to bring any more children into this fucking world, I'm going to teach them how to be their own. And if they want to fucking bounce, listen, I'm here to take to help you help guide you through your shit. You want to fucking bounce? Go ahead. 
You know, mm. do your thing, live, enjoy this fucking life, have a blast. I'm gonna teach my kids to have a blast. Like I teach my clients to have a blast. Like I teach my homies to have a blast. Like I'll tell anybody, enjoy this life no matter what's going on around you. It makes it easier for all of us. You know? Yes, sir, man. Awesome. Well, let's 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 leave it on that high note. Uh, last right. thing I want you to do, man, is let uh let everybody know how they can track you, how they can follow you, work with you, socials, whatever you want to okay. throw up here. You can find me at tacole.com. It's T-A-H. K-O-L-E dot com or expand to experience.com. Those are the two websites that my wife and I have. We're, we're working on a book called Expand to Experience that it's geared on helping people to expand themselves beyond the current bubble of existence that they know. When you expand yourself beyond that, your body shifts, your life shifts and changes and you start to expose yourself to things that you never thought possible. Travel is such an amazing thing and it's, it's, it's really important for us to do that. Um, you, can, uh, you can find me there at those two places. Again, it's tacole.com and expand to experience com. I'm having an awesome excursion to Peru, March of 2018. I'm sorry, March of 2019, excuse me. And it's for entrepreneurs and high-powered men. Uh, we're going to take men on this trip. And it's going to be 14 days. We're going to Peru. We are going to hike the Inca Trail for four days. We're going to go to Machu Picchu, Oleta Tambo, uh, Sacsayhuaman, PSAC, a bunch of different uh, of, of these power sites. And, and we're going to have some rituals. We're going to do a fire walk. We're going to do a Wachuma ceremony and, uh, you know, do uh, some, they call it San Pedro as well. We're going to do some power plant work. And we're going to dig deep into what it is to be a man from your perspective. And we're going to share those perspectives with each other and go in deep. And this is open to straight men, gay men, bisexual men, uh, you know, trans community, anybody that's male, you're welcome to come because we need to start getting in a place where we accept each other. Your race doesn't matter. We want black people there, white people there, Asian people there, whatever your, whatever you call your race. We want human beings, human men there to share in this. So uh, the, the details will be, uh, and I'm doing that with, with uh, Will Reason. Yes. All right. And yeah, Will, Will, and Will is another practitioner that does really awesome self somatic self-awareness uh work and we're going to be bringing all of that body stuff into this this retreat and uh it, it's going to be physically challenging you know walking we're going we're walking up rainbow mountain it's gonna be awesome man so nice. the details that i'm gonna i'll also shoot you a link that you can put in uh the podcast for that as well uh, we're gonna we're gonna start taking applications for that as well we're not we're only taking a certain amount of men so it, it'll be awesome and if you can come to that bro you should really go cool. man yeah man I, you just you just got me you just got me hooked man i'm gonna have to see what march looks like for next year that's yeah. that's far enough away that's a, that's a good amount of time yeah. for it's march 28th until april 9th wow yeah. all right man yeah all right. It's, gonna, cool. it's awesome yeah yeah what an opportunity wonderful yeah. man well um, i'll make sure that i put those links in the show notes so guys can access that make sure that we uh let everybody know where all the good stuff to follow you is at yeah and Thank you, bro. Thank you for bringing the heat, for bringing the honesty, for bringing Always, the rawness. Man. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> Thank you, family. I appreciate you, man. And I appreciate everything that you do for humankind, for men, and, and for yourself, bro, and your family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of yourself, bro. It's beautiful to watch. Likewise, bro. Thank you as well. Thank you, sir. Tell me you don't feel fired up after listening to Ta just go off on <laughs> on being real and being yourself. Such an inspiring man to be, you know, having lived the life that he has, owning his story that a, a lot of people would look at and say, man, how do you how do you share this stuff with the public and with other people? And it's because he is just so confident in who he is, what his message is and what he's here to do in service to others that makes him able to speak from that place so confidently. That alone for me was inspirational. And all the other information he had about the body, about taking care of your bio, about being uh, creating safety in order to be vulnerable, yourself and for other people. Such critical, critical, critical topics for us to be discussing as men and as people, as a community. So important that we begin to dive into this stuff because so many of us out there in the world are still hiding. We're still embodying an identity that we believe we need to be so that people will like us, so that we belong, so that we can be loved and receive love and acknowledgement from other people. And all of that is bullshit. It's just straight bullshit. If we're not being who we truly are and owning our true message, we are depriving the world and ourselves of the gifts that we have to give. 
And nobody, nobody preaches that message better than Ta did on this episode and the way that he does in his whole life. So much love, Ta. Incredible individual right there. Let that be a segue into this call to action again. Like I mentioned at the top of the episode, if you're a man who is still hiding out, if you're still putting on an identity, putting on a mask to be somebody you think everybody else wants you to be, check yourself for a minute. Just ask yourself this question. Let's not make it right or wrong. Just ask yourself, why are you doing that? Why are you being someone or embodying something, believing in something, serving something that doesn't truly align with who you are? Why? Just why? And journal it out, write it out, talk it out with a friend, talk it out loud to yourself. Don't just think about it in your head. Try to process it outside of your being and figure out why are you doing that? And then what I want you to do is send it to me in a message on Facebook Messenger. Hit me up in an email, jettyazuma at gmail.com, because this is how you start to break through all of the crap that's keeping you from being the man that you're meant to be. All right? So don't hesitate. Take that next step. Take that first step towards reclaiming your life and creating a life of fulfillment, a life that you want, a life that everybody around you will benefit from. Also, make sure you guys check out the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so that you get the episodes right in your inbox every time that it pops up. Leave a review, snap a screenshot, send it to me, tag me, put it in the email at therisingmanpodcast at gmail.com, and you will be getting a private invitation to a chat with me this week. At the end of this month, I promise you guys, it's finally coming. I'm going to announce the special, special invitation that I have been putting together for those of you guys who have really been supporting the podcast, for those of you who have been sharing it, messaging, commenting, bringing men into the Facebook community. A lot of you guys have really been hearing the call and following through. So I'm really grateful for that. And there's going to be a special opportunity coming your way that I'm really happy and excited to present to you guys. So I'll be announcing that on next week's episode. It's really important that you guys subscribe and leave reviews and comments because this is how other men who are on the fence of whether or not they want to join the Rising Man community or want to start listening to the podcast. This is where they see another man's experience and say, oh, I want that. Let me try some of that. And you never know how your comment, your message is going to influence a man who is feeling alone. Maybe he's contemplated suicide. Maybe he's deeply depressed and doesn't know what to do with his life. Your comment could be the one that pulls him into this community and changes everything. And it only takes a minute. All right. So make sure you guys do that. Also go over to facebook.com slash groups slash the rising man. If you're not a member, join up today. If you're already a member, invite some men because the community, as it grows, we're only going to get stronger. We're only going to expand into what we can create. And there's a lot of conversations I've been having with other men doing the same kind of work who want to bring all of us together in some amazing opportunities. So only going to be more opportunities, more ways in which we can support each other as men to come. So stay tuned for that. Hit us up on Instagram at the rising man pod or at Jetty Azuma. That's my personal Instagram. Shout out to Sean Offenbach, the wizard behind the curtain, as I like to call him, over at Infinite Melodics, at Infinite, M-E-L-O-D-I-X, for the Instagram. My man Sean is crushing it with the podcast episodes. If you guys haven't noticed, we've been pumping out double duty in the month of June, and he just makes all these episodes sound so, so crisp. Much love, Sean. Thank you for everything you're doing. And for the rest of us, until next time, Rise up and claim your destiny.